Hello, and welcome to an Overthinker's Point of View, podcast episode 6, a debatable debate, and a wonderful world of sports update. To begin this episode, I would like to mention again how I have been planning and hoping to get to another history episode soon, not knowing how the few listeners of you who have checked it out Um, If you enjoyed it or not, you know, listening to it again after publishing, which I know is literally not the smartest thing to do if you're trying to get into this. You want to edit, you want to listen in before publishing. But as this podcast goes, you know, right now, it's kind of one of those newer things where you can just hear everyone's just fresh, straight out, you know, the brain um, response without that editing Um, Even though listening to it can be cringy to myself and I can hear mistakes and wish to go back, I know for future episodes I can definitely do that. Um, And I will. But getting on to my point, and thank you again for coming back to an overthinker overthink and go on tangents. Um, It's enjoyable. Um, My last history podcast had to do with, you know, again, a little random local history from when i was a local in humble you know just talking about the chinese exclusion act and um talking about how you know its relevance to not only that area in california but how it became bigger for the whole country and then how it was somewhat relevant to today i know it was kind of a tangent and i was going off and that's definitely my longest episode um but you know the next history episode i really wanted to do was for yellow journalism and the Spanish-American War, and I kept talking about that, and I have it all planned out. But as we do, overthought, and I keep overthinking it, um, because I'm wondering if it would technically be better to be linear and, you know, do a, from the beginning, kind of like, overthinker's point of view, um, you know, history podcast. Not just, you know, jump and do random segments here and there, um even if it's relevant to today as I wanted to do, I feel like it just makes it less confusing if I were to do like, you know, as if you guys were students and I was teaching, um, to do a linear, um, history of United States history and start, you know, prior to what's going on in Europe that created and made what the, you know, the new world territory so sought after. Um, cause you know, just jumping straight to, random topics and the like say what i really wanted to do the spanish-american war um it yeah it can just create confusion for some because you know sometimes you just want to start off with background knowledge and you don't need a lot of background knowledge for certain areas but um it always feels better you know knowing that your listeners do in fact know everything prior to it to some sense um, as to not, you know, miss something in my explanations to where you guys might be confused, although you have the ability to look anything up. Um, as an overthinker, it'd make me feel better. So, you know, look out for the next history one to be one where I might just start from the beginning, okay? Um, and I apologize for that. I know maybe maybe a few of you who are listening were like, all right, you know, I was interested to see what you said about the Spanish-American War, and technically I could start a podcast um starting from that period when america became more imperialistic and how just from that period on is relevant to today i could very well do that 
Um, we'll see. I have been overthinking it. Um, so other than that, this is not going to be a history episode, even though that took up the beginning of this episode's four minutes. That's okay. Um, you know, my titles, not the most creative. I do think of them last minute, which makes sense. Um, a debatable debate. So it will be a mixture of the politics of what has happened and, um, you know, a wonderful world of sports update because I would like to just throw that in here as well. So this is a dual episode. Politics and sports. What a combo. Oh, what a combo. Especially when you think of everyone's, you know, cries and comment sections when athletes do exercise their First Amendment that politics and sports should not mix. Um, and for those who call for that, you know, that that's not American as it can get, right? I mean, sure, there are certain areas and rules, right? You are at a job, you shouldn't be um, doing things that is against your company or, you know, what your owner wants. But as Americans, you know, some rights shouldn't be just shut down because, you know, you're working, right? You shouldn't be able to, like, be told your First Amendment right to speak and say what you feel, you know... For a lot of these athletes, it might not be them personally, but their friends and their family or their family's history has dealt with it, you know? Um, I think of, like, DeAndre Hopkins and his post a while ago where he sees his family name, the Hopkins, being on actual, you know, plantation signs in in the Carolinas from, you know, just over a hundred, a few hundred years ago. And it's like, it matters. It really matters. Um, and I already lost myself on the tangent where I was going with it. Um, comment section. Sports and politics, duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, sports and politics do mix because the athletes are Americans. They are exercising their rights, and I applaud them every single time for it. Even if you feel. It's taking away your enjoyment. I'm a avid sports fan too, but I'm not gonna sit there and say they need to shut up and like play their sport and let me just be entertained. I feel more proud that they are showing their activism and their American qualities before they play because that is what's more important at the end of the day. Okay. So again, this is a mixture of sports and politics. Um Let's start out on a lighter note, even though I already started off a little tangent-like and riled up uh, sports. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football. I didn't have a chance to watch the game. I had other priorities and things to do, like getting ready for winter up here. Um, Our place is luckily equipped with the working fireplace, and we had the luxury of that last night to continue our horror movie marathon. Uh, I saw cabin fever for the first time for those of you out there who saw it i felt no sympathy for any of the people in that movie whatsoever they were just as pretentious and deserving of their fates as anyone else not even not even the women in that movie i felt bad the dude and for those who've seen it know i'm talking about that dude cannot give her her final wish like ah (laughs) He was even bad at doing that, man. Like, how? How do you... It's so bad. Such a good, forcefully cringeworthy, like... I felt no sympathy for the people in that movie. Um, But yeah, you know, didn't get a chance to watch it. I got to see the last 40 seconds. 
because um, I noticed the score. I have the NFL mobile app. So I was just like, for sure, I'm going to watch this. And so I got to see, um, you know, that final touchdown, beautiful little lob corner, um, you know, front corner of the end zone to Scott. Uh, great catch from a running back. Um, and then, the uh, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, not being able to realize that in those end of game situations, final drive situations, protect that ball. And he was just open for the pickings. I can imagine the defender's eyes just lit up seeing that he was not protecting that ball as, you know, safe. He was looking downfield, but he wasn't thinking about his line breaking down possibly, which, you know, it's that was do or die time, and they died hard. I didn't get to see his run live either, but when I was in high school football, if you fell unexpectedly, people shouted sniper, and that's all I can think, man. He was hauling. He was the fastest quarterback apparently in the last five years with a top speed of like 21 and a half miles. Um, maybe that's why he fell. Just, you run so fast, you kind of go overboard. Um, but you know, other than that, it was a game between two NFC East opponents, and that division has been pretty whack for a while now. But it made me think of doing a simple little 10-year challenge that's been going on then and now. And I think back to 10 years ago when it was the NFC West that was looked at in the same light. Um, almost everyone in the division was kind of iffy. Um, no one was considered a great team. Uh, it's could have even been 2009 for all I remember. Um, 10, maybe not even 11. Because I know once P- uh, Pete Carroll got to Seattle after the first year or two, you know, that's when they started just owning it for the most part. And then, you know, Harbaugh and then... You know, we had Jeff Fisher with the Rams. Ken Wisenhunt was chilling with the Cardinals. It was a good time. But record-wise, not so much. And then at the end of the year, the Niners almost got in. Lost a few games. You know, went 6-10. and 10, But if they went 7-9, they would have made it in. Seahawks at 7-9 and nine made it in. And then they actually, you know, had the famous Beast Quake. And, you know, that's history. But during that period, do you remember how the NFC East was always seen as a powerhouse? Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys were always up for fighting, like, for the title. And the Redskins were always just the Redskins. Um, the Washington football team, I apologize. They do need to change their name. Um, but we see the script has flipped. And the NFC East is a joke. The NFC West is just the model league for, like, most teams in that division have amazing defense. Even if some of them are kind of bending more, um, it's hard to break them. The offenses on all of them are seemingly dangerous, and it's going to be a great division. The NFC East right now is pretty tough. I'm um, looking forward to the Niners playing New England. It should be interesting for Garoppolo to be back and play against his former team. Um, and that's up in the air. Um, but, you know, moving on from football to football, um, I just wanted to quickly talk about some Champions League games as well as uh just again a little chelsea update or opinion for those of you who are listening who care for just the openness of all sports you know the champions league is definitely one of my favorite soccer league things to watch the best teams in europe go against each other it's pretty much just once it gets to the final four like any it's as much hype as the finals super bowl the world series it's it's big it's great um, 
And Chelsea didn't start out their campaign too hot. It was a draw against the Europa League winner, Sevilla. Um, But all of our new components got to play together. And you can expect, obviously, in a first game together, might not be the best result. Um, But they held out. um, Could have better chances. Lampard, again, needs better tactics to some sense. I like Mason Mount. um, But he is definitely kind of being not used properly or just you know given too much um you know it could be frank and needs he just needs to get his coaching up his tactics up um like more help with defense still play conte in that holding defensive midfielder position um don't have him be one of the other midfielders he is better in the back joining uh i can't even say his god dang name um you know who I'm talking about. Georgie. Uh, I apologize. He, I like him. And Kosovic, you know. Um, but getting Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, you know, my lineup would easily be Pulisic, Werner, um, Zayek. And then the midfield would be Havertz with probably Joninjo. I'm just going to keep butchering it. Um and then Conte, and then the defensive line would probably consist of, um, you know, Aspie, um, Zuma, Silva, and Reese James, with Mendy as a goalie. That, that'd be my starting eleven. Probably not not the best, but I like it. Other results that were pretty noteworthy and mentionable. I would probably say, you know, Ajax, only because, you know, the second two years ago, the talent they had, everyone that was on that team together, um, they made it just seconds away from a Champions League final appearance, and in my opinion, could have given Liverpool a run for their money over what the Spurs did, who had terrible tactics in the final. Um, and obviously, as Ajax is not a big spender, they're an amazing developer, um, all those big names eventually were bought off and now they are there again but there's not many if at all players who can like lead them that far up um and it's sad because Ajax is a cool team to watch and hopefully they can keep developing and keep some stars for a bit to make a big run similar to that one um another one that was interesting to see was Real Madrid. You know, they lost 3-2 to a Shakhtar Donetsk team that was down 10 starters due to COVID. And, um, you know, we were losing 3 nothing at half and should have been 2 nothing if it wasn't for an own goal. And then they could have even had a draw or a win. Um, but it just became such a hectic game for them. Um, and that's not something you would see from what's considered the best team in the world, image-wise. And it's always interesting. 2020 has been an interesting year for sports. So we will see who will come out on top um, this year during it all. And with that, that will end my um, little sports update. And now moving on to the more important and critical topic of politics and the debate. Um might not go too much into detail again it's just opinion if you've seen it 
you can know what I'm talking about. If you need to go and watch a YouTube recap or just the whole thing. Um, if you are someone who just wants to make sure you don't miss anything and you're not going to see just edited clips, you want to actually see the whole questions and responses. Because, you know, you can easily just edit a clip and sound bites and kind of just make it go a different way. You never know. Um, but with the debate, definitely, you know, it's, I was like, it wasn't like the first one uh, with the moderator who had a lot more control. But definitely just with the responses and type of responses and just the way they were, you know, if for those who remember the different types of fallacies, um, you know, for arguments and stuff, um, different ways to try and distract the person or the audience um, or make them think of something in a different way. Like it was in full effect, but that is the point of debates too, right? It's kind of just a way to get you the listeners on your side the undecided on your side okay but a lot of it and you know it could just be like all the past presidential debates but this one reminded me of a typical high school debate through and through and that was just in a sense of like they were asked questions and instead of you know coming up with a straightforward answer and explanation they felt it was necessary for backstory or to get an old point across that has been said numerous times before but they just want to make sure that it is again heard and i know trump did that a lot um biden definitely did a lot they just always tried to push you know at the negative things of the other person um and then didn't really give full detail on a lot of topics that we the voters wanted to know um it was just a lot of back and forth and for those who, you know, know, like, again, I am not the biggest fan of Trump or just the party or just what has been happening. And in recent years, I am not a fan of what the Democrats and Biden and them are up to as well. Um, I am not a fan of the two-party system. It's all just annoying and tough because to clump two things, you know, choices just the two people makes it so difficult memes make sense right it's like lord voldemort or the emperor and i kind of always feel like you know star wars and again um a little off tangent to make sure i get back on topic is that you know movies and history like go hand in hand as well and i will love to talk film history and how certain films have historical background or just were, you know, uh, motivated or got the inspiration from. You know, everyone knows Star Wars, or at least for the most part, Star Wars. It's a depiction of World War II, um, you know, with the Nazis being the Empire and then the Rebels being the United States or just the Allies and how it was almost fallen to the Empire. But then, miraculously, a few different offensives really changed the tide of the war and then the rebel alliance ends up winning and then you know you see the prequels to the movies episodes one two and three and then you kind of see it's like a slow build-up of like senator palpatine becoming the emperor and how just the senate um as uh padme says um and just like that democracy dies to the sounds of thunderous applause um it's similar to what's happening right now and i've kind of 
put what's happening, like, with America being, you know, in the prequel sense, like, America is going towards that imperial stance. We've been an empire for a while now, in my opinion. America's for sure an empire, and one of the top ones right now, on its way on a decline, and we can explain that in more detail later, but yeah, right now I feel like, you know, if it's not Trump, at least Senator McConnell is Palpatine behind the scenes, and Trump could even be one of the Sith Lords for all I care, like Vader or Dooku or something, but McConnell is the real, you know, Sith Lord here, he's the one to watch out for, and he's the one who's kind of holding on to the power, so I feel my Star Wars analogy there works, and again, um, and non-randomness, movies and film go together so well, um, and I hope to bring up more analogies and actual bigger topics on that. Um, but, you know, with that, and how it fits in with the debate, you know, like I said, what, what Trump and them are doing, I don't like, especially in the debate, um, Biden didn't help his cause too much, apparently he won, uh, yeah, sure, he was more kind of civil, he was more um, compassionate when it came to it and those tough questions. It is completely absurd. You know, the whole separation policy um, of the families at the border. And it's known and crazy that, you know, Obama and Biden, um, they were responsible for their own type of, you know, uh, ICE issues, border issues, and like, um, as Republican, not Republican, as Democrats do and left leftists do do and the uh, politics is like they do try to make things sound nicer and more compassionate um but a lot of times they don't always show for what they're promising and that is true and it's sad because they're supposed to be like the more progressive party at the moment but a lot of times it's empty and you know trump might be right in that sense calling him out for that um there was a point he did miss mess up and i had to laugh where he said you know what were you doing four years ago to biden biden tried to be like you were president four years ago but i realized you know trump did fix his mistake say eight uh back when biden was you know vice president and biden a few times said he wasn't president he was just vice but vice president does have enough power to do some things as well um so it's just, you know, both sides had issues that were pointed out and can easily be argued about and against. Um, so it's tough. You know, the voters, you guys think and, like, vote for who you want. I still say Biden is the safer of the two, even if you don't agree with him fully. Um, in a sense, you can push Biden to do more. And I agree with what everyone says on that. Like, you can push Biden to do more than what Trump does. Everyone says Trump is someone who's just messing up the system on purpose from the inside to just um, destroy what's established. Um, and that he's perfect for it. You are all thinking that the racism and bigotry that he is for sure letting happen is an okay byproduct of that, you know, de-establishment of the government. But it's not. And the majority of you who think it's okay are those who are predominantly, you know, white and unbothered by what is happening when majority of people who are not do see it in a different light. Even those who 
vote for Trump and are not white. Like, it's it's, it's weird because, like, they have to first let it be known that they are Trump supporters and then they are safe. But there's always the pre-assumption that they're probably not. And, again, not all supporters for him are or feel like they fit the category of, you know, the ones inciting the fear and terror but there are a majority of them that do an example i saw two nights ago when i got off my closing shift at midnight i was leaving getting in my car and you know people drive with their flags and their trucks it's normal throughout the day you see a trump flag on the back of a truck blue lives with the trump flag in the truck people just driving around make sure people see that's what they want you know kudos for you right but for seeing a truck slowly drive around past my work with the Trump flag, you know, dark, can't see inside the cab, but definitely slows up. And I'm just looking back at him, like, I'm in my uniform, like, okay, sir. Drives off a little bit and then just speeds past another car that was on the road and then sharply turns into a neighborhood. And it's just, I don't know. It could just be someone just flying his flag, getting off from somewhere late also, going home. But in a sense, I took it as, are you patrolling the streets right now with your flag? Because that can incite fear. Definitely just seeing that at midnight, past midnight, that's pretty, that can be pretty scary. So who knows? I hope people were safe. I hope it's an overthought. But in today's world, you never know if it's real or an overthought. Um, Back to the debate again off tangent um one more thing that will be critical on with trump for you know some obviously critical thoughts on biden is (laughs) i always try to make sure that they are historically accurate in a sense trump's main quote of the night i think of it that is least racist president since lincoln and everyone obviously will probably think that is such an overfetch like come on Many of his supporters will probably just defend him and say, like, you know he didn't mean it to that extent, man. He was trying to make a point, right? We all say some radical things but don't mean it. But it comes out, so we have to make sure that we mean what we say because we said it nonetheless, even if we didn't mean it. And I for sure know that for a fact. Um, I get in trouble with my lady all the time on that. I need, It's like, you know, you need to know what you say before you say it because even if it's not what you meant, you said it. So it's out there. And saying, you no, know, least president since Lincoln. Now, looking at that, you know, Lincoln was president and assassinated in the mid to getting to late 1860s, okay? Eight, so late 1800s. The presidents we've had after, obviously, men of their times, you know, had racial biases. There, if you try to think of a president who was probably in the anti, um, you know, imperialist league or um, the abolitionist movement, there weren't many, okay, if at all, any of the presidents. And we have presidents after Lincoln who were pretty progressive and helped our country move in the right direction. But predominantly at that time still for predominantly the white Anglo-Americans, right? Because this is still pre-modern, getting into modern. And I like to count modern being about Woodrow Wilson up, okay? Um, so that's, you know, at the end of 
World War One. Um, and yeah, looking Trump again, you know, I know he said least, okay, but I'm looking at in a sense he fits in my opinion more with the other side of that spectrum for sure. You know, he might not be quoted or say straight up things but he's one of those that says like beating around the bush type racist comments okay and it's heard and it's felt um and his base obviously is the biggest example of how he is okay if he's the least racist then why is his base as terrifying as they are just answer me that okay and you can say i'm just falling for the trap like what am, what am i saying they're not they're just normal americans showing off their love it depends on who you are yourself and, like, what you see. That can be loving to you. Okay, again, if you say right away that you also support their cause or, you know, whatever. But I'm sure if you have something of the opposite party, it won't be always so. You know, and so it's going to be a finger-pointing game. And I will, you know, say what I feel, my opinion on that, okay? The Biden supporters left us aren't always the nicest either. They say some pretty gnarly stuff. Um... But the right is crazy in that sense. And Trump is, you know, in my opinion, more closer to Woodrow Wilson, who, you know, in a historical sense, he's pretty boring. He wasn't even the top two choices at that presidential election. He won because everyone was stuck between Roosevelt, who tried to come back into power after giving it to his vice president, who was doing things in his own way. Um, so Wilson was kind of just his byproduct president. And he watched um, A Birth of a Nation in the White House, which was pretty much like a KKK recruitment video of how, you know, the KKK were good and um, just white America and just all this, you know, 19, like 19 or 18, around then. And this was also when the second, like, upbringing of the KKK just grew and, like, enrollment grew to the thousands. And, you know, it was the subtlety of that president... (laughs) Um, who just let his his base explode and grow, right? We saw a large, huge KKK um, joining during the period of Wilson and a little bit after, okay? And it didn't die down for at least another five to like a decade, okay? There have been a few ups and downs with the KKK. And that was definitely one of the up periods. And um, you can look at how he's also similar to President McKinley. Um, You can look at how he's similar to even Roosevelt, Teddy. You know, Teddy Roosevelt and his uh, cousin, Theodore. They're the same person, my bad. Franklin. Um, You know, they were seen as great American icons and heroes. But both of them had some uh, racist bias since you know biases and stuff i find fdr to be one of the greatest presidents in american history but he definitely had his issues with the japanese americans and i believe he was somewhat anti-semitic too um and might have been a little racist towards african americans maybe not even a little um and all these presidents had their biases and i feel out of all of them Jimmy Carter might have been the least racist president. He's the most humanitarian president we have ever had, for sure. He's still working until his death. Just building homes. Like, who... How? How are you going to say you're less than him? He's actually doing things with Christian values. He's amazing. Everyone says his presidency was bad, and I'm sure, you know, it wasn't the best. He didn't have the best to deal with. 
I still say he was sabotaged at the end with the Iran hostage crisis because how does Ronald Reagan automatically get all of them out the first day he is president? Unless there's some bargain with the hostage, like, you know, the people holding him hostage in Iran for like, okay, you know, if I'm president, we're going to like give you guys some kind of thing in return. And later you do find out that with the, you know, the... It was like the, uh, it was a scandal with selling weapons for the release of prisoners and giving back, uh, terrorist prisoners and stuff. So, you know, Reagan was not innocent in that, but Jimmy Carter got set up. His presidency again wasn't the best, but as a human being, he was an amazing person. You know, Lyndon Johnson, Eisenhower, you know, they had their issues, but they definitely, uh, made great strides for the, uh, black community, um, but most presidents in our country have always had some kind of prejudice and racism to them. And Trump, no way in any sense, is the least. You know, Jim Carter, at least, is number one, in my opinion, on that, okay? Trump is not towards that. So it's such a crazy thing for anyone to say. <laughs> Lincoln himself was not even, like, perfect. He, during his presidency, maybe leaned more towards being less racist but he at first was not going to take down slavery and you can look that up you know it's like can't even say that he was great as a president for his being able to adapt and change his values and views okay um but to say he himself was the icon there no 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 um so just crazy and with biden again there were times he didn't answer the questions. Um, he makes it seem like he is the pure savior of our country and for us and our values, looking at the TV and stuff. And, you know, I know that's a little far-fetched too. It's like, okay, don't just promise that you are the savior. I, we want results. And you have been in, you know, politics and office for a long time. And the American people do want results. If he wins, we want actual results. And hopefully by the next election, we have a new system of some kind to where it's more than just two. And it's not boomers anymore. Or even the generation after them. We need more people that fit the mold of like the late 30s to early 50s. Okay. If you're older than that and you're still vying for power, you are not the voice of the people anymore. No way. You are the voice of the dying generation that's holding on as long as they can. Taking out as much as they can on their way out. That is my opinion, okay? And with that, I hope I can actually get some messages from some of you listeners who have made it this far. Um, I am able to see my demographics, even though it's just not that much, but it's a start. Um, So if you have different opinions or the same, you know, I'd like to connect with the few of you who are listening and hear your input. If you feel my voice and editing needs so much work, definitely let me know i am aware and i am critical of that as well um and i will get around to it when i can if it's on what i talk about and my tangents annoy you i am an overthinker that is this podcast um but i am sorry it is it is tedious and annoying um but i enjoy it i enjoy just being able to talk and when ideas come up i enjoy just spewing that random idea out and then hopefully jumping back on topic before forgetting because i do forget what i want to say um, tonight is the third game of the World Series. I didn't get a chance to even say that. That was something I seem to have skipped. 
Um, I'm happy the Rays are in it. They're great hitters. The pitching, it's it's such a great duel. I look forward to listening to it when I'm at work tonight. Um, go Rays. I keep jinxing it, so maybe I'll just stop talking about the World Series until after the results. Um, again, this is an overthinker's point of view. I appreciate you. May you guys have a great Friday, a great weekend. Stay warm, stay safe, and let's dive in next time. Thank you.